what the shit? It's pink. Is it? <laughs> well, the can yeah. is like a neon. Our welcome to movie. Boners. Oh yeah, welcome to movie boners. <laughs> Probably just start talking about the beer we're drinking. That might be our best opening ever. It was good. Uh, making up for the Wes Anderson one, which sucked balls. <laughs> you were not timely at all. Uh, You're not timely at all. <laughs> timely all, all the time. Uh, so the beer we're drinking is before we get into movies. The beer we're drinking is called Neon Mixtape. What? Oh, wow! Wow! Tastes like juice. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's from the Wiley Roots Brewing Company. I don't know where they are. I really like the design on the can. Yes. It's a cassette tape. Yes. For you you kids, that's something that was well, out in the 90s and before. <laughs> yeah, it's called Neon Nick Mixtape by the Wiley Roots Brewing Company. It The style of the art on the can is very much like, uh, you know what Outrun style is? Mm-hmm. Outrun's like a cyberpunk yep. kind of thing. It's kind of like that. Um, oh, they're from Greeley, Colorado. There you this go. tastes like juice. This is juice. It's a sour IPA uh, with lavender, lemon peel, raspberry, milk, sugar, and vanilla dry hopped with lemon drop and citra hops. Try it. Tell me it's not juice. All righty. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we need cameras on us all the time. What you people just missed was uh, Jake didn't even try to get it to his mouth before he just tipped it all over I don't even shirt. know where my mouth is. I like weirdly <laughs> touched it to my lip and then pulled it away, but still it tilted like, it. It wasn't even a little bit. Well, like that was a full gulp okay. that you just spilled. I do know why. So there's a little bit around the rim of the can and I was like going to mention, oh yeah, it is pink <laughs> in the middle of trying to drink it. Okay. Let me try this again. Wow. That is juice. That's juice. That's not IPA at all. Well, I mean, that's not bad. It's juicy. The fact that it tastes exactly like juice. Yeah. I feel like I can. This might be the only sour quote unquote beer. Yeah. That I might actually be able to drink. That's good. That's good. I'm, I was a little nervous that you wouldn't like it, but we uh, liked it enough at least. You got me drinking some weird shit today. Family man. owned and operated. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, yeah. 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 I do get the kind of the raspberry most. It's kind of a berry fruity drink. Yeah, it's juice. This guy's well, it's uh it's juice identifying as an IPA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you could crush a bunch of those and get into real yeah, trouble. Yeah, I feel like well, I'm looking at it and it's uh, six point five. A little on the high end, but not terrible. So I feel like if the fact that it's so dangerous, because I feel like you could drink this really fast. You could open another one and drink that next one just as quick. Yeah, I feel like. This one could be dangerous. Yeah. We'll stick to one. Don't want to go crazy. Uh, so, oh, before we get into this episode, I think we had some other extracurricular movies to talk about. We do. You and I both seem to have had a rare moment mm-hmm. where we got to watch something other than movies that we're prepping for. Yeah. Non- not that we're complaining. Non-episode topic related. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just get to watch movies all yeah. the time. Who, who am I to complain <laughs> about watching movies? But I think you put it recreational watching. Yeah. Isn't exactly the uh, easiest thing for you and I these days. Yeah. And somehow we managed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my recreational watching is TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, we watched a couple of interesting movies. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about the one that you and I both mm-hmm. accidentally watched. And these are all ones that came out pretty recently. 
So kind of new releases that you might be interested in checking out. Yeah. Uh, So we watched a movie that came out last year. It was one of the early movies that was kind of suffered the world shutdown in the entertainment world or business. Um, Right. So we both... I didn't know you watched it until just now. You just mentioned it, and I was like, I've seen that. Yeah, so The Rental. Yeah. Which is about these two couples that go and they rent an Airbnb for a weekend, Mm -hmm. and... It's supposed to be a relaxing weekend. It turns out to be a super shitty weekend. <laughs> yeah. And to top it off, there's a, a guy trying to kill people. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. It's kind of intense and dramatic. It's the feature film directorial debut of Dave Franco. So the yeah. first movie Dave Franco's directed and stars Allison Brie, his wife, and Dan Stevens and Sheila Vand and Jeremy Allen White are the like four people who go on... To the rental, and they yeah. rent rent a place. Um, what did you think? I liked it. Okay, I thought it was cool. I thought it was, uh, it wasn't overall. It wasn't terribly like unique or different. There are elements of the the suspense or the the killer portion. Someone's trying to kill them that were. I mean, I'd seen before, but that wasn't a bad thing. It was done well, and I liked it, and I thought yeah. it was interesting, and um. The way that they discovered they're like being watched by from somebody from somewhere, and I thought it was cool. I uh, I kind of wish it would have been marketed a little different. Okay, I didn't see any marketing. Okay, I think I just so all the marketing was them trying to survive this killer. Okay, and then watching the movie, you're like, man, there's no mention of a killer. Yeah, for ninety percent of the movie. Yeah, it would have been better to like advertise it as like a relational drama with these almost yeah these couples they're having like problems within their coupling and and having troubles with each other and yeah and then just throw that in as an extra thing uh yeah i it it entertained me which is always the basis right uh that i look for it felt like a fairly safe movie for dave franco to Mm -hmm. kick his directing or his directing aspect of a career off um yeah i I didn't mind i thought it was entertaining it kind of ended up being what i expected it to be okay uh fairly safe like you said there's a lot of stuff in it that you're like oh seen this in movies before which wasn't a bad thing you just yeah seeing his directing style was kind of fun um i was happy i won't say really anything about it because i don't want to spoil anything in it um i really 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 liked the conclusion yeah the last like half hour of that movie and it's only in an hour and a half long movie yeah loved that <laughs> i loved it yeah yeah i really liked it too <laughs> i liked i liked the whole thing i thought it was really yeah good. uh yeah it was also written by dave franco co-written with uh joe swanberg who i was just looking at and uh he wrote also drinking buddies which is great mm. and kind of a tie into our last random 10 episode you watched a movie last time called win it all yeah with jake johnson that was a really good movie he wrote that as well oh nice i did not realize that yeah well good on you yeah yeah the rental was entertaining and then i watched so we had an episode at the start of 21 Mm -hmm. of just movies that we were looking forward to seeing this year yeah that were coming out um i've gotten to watch two of them that i can think of the top of my head 
Yeah. So I watched The Little Things with Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, yeah. and Remy Malek. Which I, I really want to see. It's it high, was, I loved it. High I, on my list of the ones that have come out so far. Yeah, I absolutely love that movie. Um, I really love the fact, if you're looking for an action movie, mm-hmm. it's not that. There's no action. Okay. Um, but the story is awesome, and the acting is superb, which is to be expected. Yeah. And... Honestly, this might be my favorite Jared Leto role. It's the creepiest he's ever been. He's very, I mean, every time he's on the screen, Mm -hmm. you feel uncomfortable. And I feel whenever an actor can really convey that to the audience, you're on track. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, what's his face in uh, Silence of the Lambs? Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah. All I could think of was Hannibal Lecter because he (laughs) is Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) Uh, But The Little Things was great. I, I love that movie so much. And Denzel's. I mean, it's Denzel. Yeah. He's always good. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Um, that was intense. Yeah. I, I respect that movie for their approach because they, they don't really pull any punches. Okay. There's no good people in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least that was my perception was sure. just an all around. You started with some good... Uh, thoughts some good you know Motiv- ideas motivations um the executions of those motivations is where mm-hmm. it all gets fucked up and i i personally took it as the movie did a really good job of conveying that yeah so and it, it's a piece of american history so if you want to mm-hmm. and I, i'm a big fan when um historical pieces don't try to polish right. anything where it's right. just this is how it was yeah yeah i i appreciate History is so complicated. We say it all the time. Yep. And I really appreciate historical dramas, especially that show all sides and aren't too preachy on one side as like, this is really good or this is really bad. You should hate this. Show the complexity of why people are motivated to do that and yeah. and show all sides how people reacted to it. I, I like that when that happens. Yeah. So I a lot of respect for the people that, that worked on that movie. Just for that approach of, we're just gonna lay it all out there, right? Um, and looking at the, looking up just to see how many, you know, all the liberties that were taken because it's a Hollywood movie still. Yeah, yeah. So things are gonna get changed you just have for to uh, out what's real and what's not. Yeah, and for the most part, it was pretty close to okay the actual historical events that the movie is about. So That's props to you guys for trying to stay as close. Mm-hmm. as possible yeah um but the acting in that movie holy shit yeah the holy cast looks really good shit is it good yeah okay <laughs> yeah i'm excited for that one also i was gonna watch it for uh it's gonna definitely gonna be an award season one so yeah i need to watch it before that. yeah those were the only ones that i can remember watching i think i watched something else okay um oh i can't remember if it's being nominated in the golden globe because mm-hmm. they have so many goddamn categories that <laughs> yeah. you get lost yeah um, I know I'm way behind the times, but I did just start watching, uh, the last dance, the documentary yeah, series the about Jordan one. Michael Jordan and the, the bulls. I didn't see it on there. I don't know if it is or not, but a lot of people were talking about it when it first came out. Uh, it deserves all the hype. Yeah. As someone who does not like basketball, but yeah. grew up in the Michael Jordan era. Yeah. I don't like Michael. I don't like basketball, but I do like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, it deserves the hype. This seriously is one of the greatest okay. things that I've watched. Yeah. I sat down to watch it and was like, well, <laughs> it's a 10 part series. Yeah. 
every episode's like an hour or so long, so it's ten hours. Yeah. And I was like, I'm only gonna watch an episode or two. <laughs> yeah, I watched like five episodes in a row. <laughs> it was like Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> it's genuinely that good. So whether you like basketball or not, yeah. you should watch this thing. Because okay. it really is just the story and the way that they put it together, because they've been making it since yeah. 97, 98. Okay. Wow. Which is nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. That it's been in production this long. But it, the way that they go back to like the beginning of Michael Jordan's career and the beginning of mm-hmm. how the Bulls organization was getting built to mm-hmm. be a winning franchise, that's really interesting. Um, as a big football fan yeah who is constantly super frustrated with the politics of <laughs> the front office and yeah organizations yeah yeah uh watching all of that get just completely exposed in the last dance nice i greatly appreciate <laughs> it was like yeah. yeah fuck the front office people <laughs> <laughs> nice. have you watched ballers no okay but i want to i feel like you would like it so it's i mean it's the rock and right. uh, they are kind of become sports agents sort of um but yeah there's a lot of kind of but football politics and everything yeah when the politics of sports there. starts like interfering with the gameplay and the love yeah. of the game uh it's always rough especially as a fan yeah uh what the last dance really does well is show you the frustration from the player's point of view nice i don't know if it's being nominated for anything but yeah it's worth the hype. Yeah. You got to check this thing out. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it does appeal to people that don't even like sports because not like, like a week or two ago, Christy was like, hey, we should watch The Last Dance. And I was like, yeah, we should. You genuinely should. And for our generation, uh-huh. we grew up during the heyday of Michael Jordan. We got yeah. to watch him retire, play baseball, come back come to back. basketball. Yep. And this just shows you the whole everything going on around all yeah. that decision making. It's really... Yeah. It's so crazy fascinating. It I seems nostalgic for that reason. Love too. it. I can't wait to finish it. Okay. Uh on the topic of things I can't wait to finish, I did I have tried to watch another movie. Um so the last two nights, Christy and I have been watching The Midnight Sky. Yeah. The George Clooney's new movie. And it's like it's really good. It's just we put it on late and then Christy falls asleep and then we have to rewind it the next night and we'll start it again and then she falls asleep again. <laughs> so we're trying to get through it, but I really have liked it. It's really interesting. There's okay. some mysterious thing that's happened on Earth. He's at like a science base in the Arctic and uh, everybody else has left. So he's alone there. And then there's a mission supposedly a mission to find a new earth to save mankind that's gone to space and um and uh a bunch of people are on that but i can't remember any of the names right now for some reason (laughs) um and uh they it's like a moon out of like circling jupiter and they're on the way back and they can't contact anybody on earth because this thing has happened they don't know what's happened and uh there's really interesting space stuff the sci-fi stuff is interesting um, there's a really intense like space walk that happens, which is always like kind of cliche intense, but they do some really, but new... it's always intense. Yeah. <laughs> they do like really new, really interesting things with that. Okay. Uh, the ship is interesting and new. Uh, so if you like space travel, sci-fi, uh, and also like some mysterious thing on earth happens, sci-fi, it seems like it's gonna be really cool. I don't know how the last half goes yet, but I'll update you when I do. Well, I, I hope that it, it ends up being a rewarding last half. Yeah, 
I hope so, too. Yeah, so go check out all those movies. It was really cool and kind of nice Yeah, watching some of this stuff. I know I've been very excited to see Judas and the Black Messiah for quite a while. Yeah. And finally, sitting down and watching it, I was like, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I love that I actually get to see this because, let's face it, there was a point where everyone was really getting worried about will right. we ever get to see new content. <laughs> <laughs> right. Luckily, we will. And there's still so many movies coming out. So go check all those out. Yep. Okay. Let's get into this one. Yeah. So this episode, as you may have seen, is our first sequel episode. Yeah. We're, we're diving into sequels. Yeah. Well, not, we're not watching sequels, but we are. We are. We're, we made our own sequel. We made our own sequel. Yeah. So we did an episode a while ago where we just chose 10 random movies. Yep. Had the internet pick it for us and uh, watched them and liked some, didn't like it, some. It was an experience. It yeah. was a very fun experience, even with the ones that we didn't enjoy. Yeah. It was fun enough that we were like, let's do that again. Yep. <laughs> and so we'd watched 10 more random movies each. And uh, how did it go in general for you? Um. Well, I remember for our first one, it kicked off for me with like, I want to say it was Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. It did. Which was so much fun. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go watch it if you haven't yet. Yeah. It was awesome. HP Lovecraft. Yeah. This one started off with a dud. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Why did we do this again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too bad. I was like, well, that's in cliche sequel fashion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, a lot like the first time, there were a few that I really liked. Mm-hmm. There were a couple that I really, really am not a fan of at all. Okay. And there's... There was one that I'm very like, I like it, but I don't like it. Okay. It was very, it was odd. We'll get into Conflicted. it. Conflicted. What about yours? Mine's similar. So I I got some very interesting movies for sure. Yep. Um, a couple that I probably should have heard about and I'm surprised I didn't. So, and so I was glad that I got to watch those. They ended up being good and interesting. Um, a couple of duds that were one that I really hated <laughs> and then uh just one that was kind of meh yeah and then uh yeah but a, a lot of interesting good diversity i got one documentary in my list oh wow and so that was interesting kind of a little a little different and then uh yeah no weird themes this time okay last time i had a lot of weird themes like nudity about, yeah weird awkward sex things that yep. were um i did have a little nudity at the end but it it was more cliche than awkward so mine okay. was like four foreign films okay. one's still in english but it, mm-hmm. it's an irish film okay um i had two foreign language films i also got one from belgium oh nice yeah so that was interesting yeah my two foreign languages were uh, <clears throat> indian and i believe israeli oh nice yeah the other ones were japanese and south korean okay yeah, so this was like, it was a pretty uh, global list for me this time yeah. around. And I can say I made it through every one of them, unlike our first one where I got that Did you that cheat real... on any? No. No cheating. No time. cheating. Although. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> there is one. It was actually the 10th one. Yeah. That showed up on my random whatever mm-hmm. that I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be like, you cheated, <laughs> bullshit, but I promise you. Yeah. And I, I texted you like when it popped up. Okay. 
This is the one. Yeah. Um, you said there's one that was a really funny story about. Right. And you're going to laugh. I'll, I'll, I'm not even going to build it up when we get to it. Okay. I'm just going to tell you the title and you're going to start laughing and be like, did you cheat? And be like, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I also did not cheat at all. Is this the first episode we did not cheat on anything? I think that might be. Weird. <laughs> the only one that we've entirely followed the rules. <laughs> I had, yeah, I guess there's a couple with weird stories about them, so I can just save it for when we get to those. So, uh, do you want to start with your dud? Sure. And then we'll go into my actual interesting good one. Oh, okay. So stick around for that. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad I get to start it off. We'll start it off note. week. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say that it was like, a hundred percent dud it was like 80 percent dud okay enough yeah to not it, like. it was yeah so the first one that showed up it's called alex in venice okay it's with mary elizabeth winstead mm. chris messina jennifer jason lee and don johnson interesting right so i also it was like a jennifer jason lee movie Ooh, a different one okay <laughs> uh so the cast i was like oh this could be really good it's chris messina's directorial debut okay uh so the premise when i like was getting ready to load it and watch it it brought it up Mm -hmm. and it was about this workaholic woman who her husband leaves her so she has to reinvent her whole life so at first i was like this could be a fun one Uh because it's gonna show like a human Mm -hmm. like you have to evolve and adapt and Mm -hmm. get off your ass and (laughs) like there's more important things than just working all the time yeah unless you watch this movie she still is a workaholic, yeah. and she uh, the most that she does to reinvent her life, and I don't even care if I'm going to spoil it, okay. is she sleeps with this uh, dude twice, mm-hmm. and that's all she does. Yeah. So she doesn't <laughs> learn her lesson, or... I don't feel that she ever herself. learns any lesson. Okay. Um, the movie is fairly boring, yeah, especially when you start realizing that they're not really going to give you a whole lot of character development. Yeah. Um, on a good note though, Don Johnson mm-hmm. plays her dad who lives with her. He's excellent in the movie. Okay. I kind of wish the movie would have been more focused on just him. Yeah. Cause his character does have development. It, he does actually go through some shit. Uh, he starts having like early onset Alzheimer's starting mm. to like get its claws in him and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he's also an actor who's trying to audition for a role in a play so they do this awesome thing of him trying to like memorize his lines while he's in denial with, Hey, something's not right anymore. Yeah. So I really like Don Johnson in this movie. He was the best part. Uh, the acting wasn't bad from everyone else. It was just the movie. If you're going to make a movie about reinventing life, you mm-hmm. should probably actually show <laughs> said characters reinventing their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, when it ended, I just kind of like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> well, uh, the first movie that it gave me yeah. is a movie that I'm surprised that I'd never heard of. All right. Because it has two people that I love in it and directed by someone who's made a lot of my favorite movies. I mean, is that shocking? You still, you didn't know Isle of Dogs was done by Wes Anderson. And you're like, I <laughs> love I was, Wes Anderson. I was literally tasked with researching <laughs> Wes Anderson movies. Yes. <laughs> it's not that surprising. Thank you for bringing that up. I mean... <laughs> I have to give you a little shit. It's Jake. true. Uh, but my movie is from 1997 called okay. Father's Day. You've never seen that? No. I've seen that. Never even heard of Father's no? Day. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah. 
Yeah, so stars uh, Robin Williams and Billy Crystal, and directed by Ivan Reitman, who did, like, Junior and Twins and uh, the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2. I like that you listed Junior as the first movie he's done over <laughs> Ghostbusters. Kindergarten <laughs> Cop, Dave. <laughs> He did most of the funny Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of uh, Bill Murray movies and Dave. Um, yeah, and Evolution, which is a funny movie. Yeah, it is. But yeah, so Father's Day, for people that don't know, uh, it's about this woman who had a son and she, the son goes missing. So she wants help finding him. So she goes to Billy Crystal, who is married with a wife. Uh, he's married to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. He's married with a wife. <laughs> yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and uh, so this woman meets him for lunch, and they're, like, reconnecting. It's like, oh, we haven't talked in ages. And she's like, you have a son. And by the way, your son has ran away, and we need to go find him. And he's like, oh, wow, this sucks. Okay. <laughs> hey, and I was like, agrees to help her. And then the same woman goes to Robin Williams and she's like, hey, Robin Williams character, you have a son and your son has run away. <laughs> and so she's conning both of these guys. Um, there's another guy, her real, her current husband, who also thinks it's his son. And so we don't know which of the three gentlemen uh, is, this, the is the actual father. Uh, you can tell that this movie was made to be like a Father's Day weekend movie. Yeah. That it, the opening is very nostalgic and has like baby photos. It's very like for the dads oh yeah we need a movie for the dads and uh and so it's pretty cute has like paul mccartney music and it's like it's very like kind of cute that way but there's a very awkward part if you watch this after 2014 (laughs) which is that robin williams character is extremely depressed and suicidal oh god and so when you first introduced to him he's like putting the gun in his mouth like on the verge of ending it and uh, then he gets the call from this lady and he's like kind of cheers up, but he's still like kind of holding the gun like around his head, like very building tension, obviously. And uh, and I'm like, as somebody who lives in 2021, who knows that he did end up killing himself, this is maybe not great, but also I'm sure it was funny at the time. Yeah, I remember it being funny at the time i remember it being a movie that like my mom and dad were fairly hesitant to let me watch although yeah. being rated pg-13 mm-hmm. i remember it being on the verge of like this probably should have <laughs> been rated r yeah <laughs> but it's pg-13 so i'm yeah young and allowed to watch it <laughs> yeah I, th- I think the whole movie is fun and funny yeah. obviously they let billy crystal be billy crystal they let robin williams be robin williams he does voices he does characters he does all both of them do all the things that they do so well. Yeah. They just do it together. Um, I didn't realize, tying into the fact that I'd never heard of this movie, I did obviously have seen the episode of Friends where they're both where they're in, on, uh, in Central Perk at the same time. Apparently that was promotion for this yep. that WB wanted to do. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's really funny even in spite of that. There's a lot of weird things. So in addition to Rob Williams having mental like having depression he also has like these mental tics that they just gave the gate the writers just gave him where he'll pass out if he gets too stressed and it happens like while he's driving and uh he'll occasionally while he's driving just feel like he ran over somebody and so he'll like stop the car and make billy crystal check and he's like and then it's just there's a weird things in it well there 
it's also one of those kind of, I mean, 90s comedy yeah. is vastly different and works differently yeah. than like post-2001 comedy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. It's, a lot of the comedies from the 90s would not work yeah. <laughs> in current time. Oh, that's definitely true. <laughs> so you can Which get away with jokes like I still the suicide and the, <laughs> yeah. the ticks. And yeah. We were allowed to laugh at that <laughs> stuff back then. Yeah. Uh, it's also kind of funny as a Father's Day movie. You can tell they don't want to isolate the third potential father. Right. He has like his own little subplot where he's trying to like drive down and and meet his where they think his son is because they end up finding the son. He was like following the band Sugar Spoiler Ray. Alert. And it's like in the middle of the movie because then they find <laughs> him and then he doesn't want to go home and they lose him again. Yeah. Um, but. So they find the son, and then they let her, Julie Louis Dreyfus. No, not Julie Louis Dreyfus. The actual woman who was the mom. Um, they let her know, and then so her husband, who's the potential third dad, he starts driving down. But he has this whole subplot where he gets like broken down, ends up in a porta potty, and uh, like knocked down a hill, gets all dirty a couple times. Um, but the third dad is Bruce Greenwood, and he's like when he takes off his like shirt because he is covered in shit from the porta potty. He's probably the most jacked dad I've ever seen in a 90s movie. <laughs> He's pretty jacked for uh, for a 90s movie dad. So good for him for that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It made me laugh. It yeah, was charming. Yeah. Uh, so this Father's Day in June, you should definitely uh, watch it, it with your dad. Well, that's actually a decent segue for the next movie that popped up on mine. Okay. Although mine took a very anti-funny <laughs> anti-feel-good approach okay. uh, this is a movie from belgium okay uh it's called the broken circle breakdown okay double break yeah uh <laughs> so i didn't when i loaded this one i didn't even bother reading like what it was i just hmm. like last time i did that with alex from venice i was like this movie's <laughs> bullshit so i'm just gonna watch it okay uh it is in dutch which was pretty cool yeah um and then also there is English in it. So it's about this mm. couple who are in a uh, a bluegrass band. Okay. Because the main character, the guy, loves America, mm. loves like country music in America. So he, okay. he starts a bluegrass group yeah. in Belgium. So every song they sing is in English. Okay. And then oh, every like covers of American bluegrass. I don't know songs. if they're covers or not. Okay. I, I don't know. They could be. Who You're knows? You're not a big bluegrass follower. Right. Music's super catchy in it. Yeah. But yeah, and then every like spoken dialogue is all in Dutch. But uh, so it turns out that this movie is about, so that couple, they have a child who is diagnosed with cancer and it's a very rough go of it. Okay. So the movie is about how they process their grief mm-hmm. and their frustrations towards each other yeah uh while still trying to maintain like kind of this hopeful environment for their child and it's jesus christ this movie knocked me on my ass it was like i was not (laughs) prepared for this movie it's very emotional very good very emotional um it's almost it is a near perfect drama okay but then out of left field out of nowhere it goes on two super high charge like political rants okay that for me really like took me out of the movie yeah and then it wasn't quite as emotional after that but i i felt like their political rants just unwarranted and when i was looking up 
the production stuff on it. I guess the guy that the star of the movie also wrote the movie purposely put those rants in after uh, early stem cell research stuff in like 2001, 2002 okay. yeah. was denied in the States. Yeah. Uh, after that happened, this writer and actor changed his script to include these rants mm. to be like anti Republican stuff. Okay. And it just felt so out of place for it. I mean, I can see the connection in the movie, but for the most part, it really drove, it just took me out of the movie. Yeah. I went from being like super mesh emotionally invested in the story to like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the, for the most part, I would still recommend it. Not if you're looking for something to feel good or okay. date movie style, but it was, it's a very well-made movie. Yeah. For the most part. Okay. More so than, I mean, the, the political stuff that gets thrown into it. Um, I mean, side with whatever you want. I don't know. Everyone has their reasonings. Right. Um, it just took me out of the movie. Yeah. But that one, I was like, hey, if that felt like a, <laughs> a notch up compared to the first one. So I was like, maybe I got hope. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that went downhill. Yeah. So it, it was, it was a. That one sticks with you too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the connecting piece between that movie and oh my, God. and my next movie is that my this next weird. my next movie is also foreign language. Okay. With a little bit of spoken English dialogue, also. This is odd that there's like a decent <laughs> segue so far. So far, hmm. uh, this is also the one that I hated the most. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's also the most recent. So my number, my second movie that I watched is a movie called, it's Indian, so this might not be correct, but it's, it looks like it's pronounced <laughs> Galabo Satabo. The fuck? And uh, it's from 2020. Oh, okay. It's an Indian movie, like 100% Indian dialogue, except for a couple times they use English dialogue. But So the weird thing about it is it's not like a Bollywood. Ooh, did you spill on yourself? <laughs> not as much, but yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, it's not like a Bollywood movie, which I I like Bollywood movies. Mm-hmm. I think that they're the music and dancing is fun. I especially like the action and the like kind of over top over the top effects. Yeah, I think that they can be really fun. This is not that. <laughs> this is so it's it was on Amazon for one thing. Okay. It was apparently bought by Amazon. Um, the quality is top notch. Like the everything about it is, is obviously super well made, high quality. But the movie is boring as fuck. So <laughs> I said that while you were drinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh, man. So honestly, I was watching this movie and I was, I was watching it and I was watching it and I felt like I was a long way into it. Were you like 20 minutes? And... And I was like, okay, so it has to be almost over. We've gone through a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's happened, but at the same time, nothing's happened. And I, I like pause it. I look at how much time's left, and there's still 45 minutes. Oh, no. It was like, I think it's like a two-hour movie. So I was like not just over halfway, and I was like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I did finish it. I was going to ask, did you actually finish it, I or did, did you pull a me? I had a moment when I was like, do I push play? <laughs> do I push play? <laughs> <laughs> or do I call it? Because I, I was felt justified. I was like, this movie sucks. I don't want to watch anymore. Um, so the main gist of the movie is it's about 
part of the reason I may not get it is because I don't know what it is. I don't okay. know if it's supposed to be a comedy. There were no jokes that I got, but there were also a lot of cultural references that might be jokes to people that know what that means. <laughs> and the reason I say I don't know what it is is because it could be a drama. It could be... There are a lot of parts that seem fairly serious or relatively serious, but then the music will like come in and it makes it seem like, oh, that was a joke, or how quirky was that, or how weird was that, or I don't know. And so it seems like it is kind of maybe dry comedy or... I don't really so know. So you what were it is. super bored and super lost. I was pretty lost. Uh, that's... I, mean, I, I followed the story. So the story is about. It's about. I, I guess to give it one piece of praise, it is like shows kind of India and this like small little ecosystem in this apartment uh, building. Well, it's not really an apartment building, it's this mansion that this lady owns and her family's owned forever. And um, she's renting out rooms to tenants. So. Her husband is the landlord. He's like this old guy who's the landlord. And he's a super piece of shit guy who's like <laughs> stealing from his tenants and selling it to like make money. Okay. All he's all he's concerned about is making money and trying to become rich. And uh, but he's poor shit. And so he keeps trying to and he like steal from his tenants. He'll do terrible things. So there's this one. Uh, guy who's living there with his like five sisters and uh and he i guess he's like a legacy he's his family's lived there for a long time he's paid rent with receipts for a really long time but he plays pays like less than half of everybody else so the landlord keeps trying to raise his rent he's like a vendetta with this guy and uh and then so the landlord his wife who owns it is like sick and dying because okay. she's old and he's old too uh, but she's like 18 years older than him or something like that and uh, so he's trying to scheme his way to have the mansion inherited by him so that he can have the mansion kick out all the tenants just become like a rich guy uh he thinks but the, the but then who would he steal from the mansion is like a piece of shit that's like crumbling <laughs> and uh it's not like well maintained well run mm -hmm. or anything and so he's like just just scheming just trying to go and find like go to the government and get like papers approved and and then he's like trying he's they give him all these tasks They're like well you have to go and find her potential next of kin because if it's an actual mansion then uh when she dies everybody's gonna come out of the woodwork to try to claim it right so he's like going around trying to find all these people who are related to her who may have died who who, who knows and uh and then he's like, while she's sleeping, he's like getting like trying to get her thumbprints on the paper to like approve certain fuck? documents. And then uh, he brings it back and he did the right hand instead of the left hand. And so she's like wakes up. She has like ink all over her hands. And uh, it's parts of it. It feels like there should be jokes in it, but I didn't laugh at all. I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> um, it is well shot and well edited, but I hope Amazon didn't pay that much for it. Or I hope the Indian market gets it, and they there are billions of people there. They might love it. They might make billions of dollars. Good for them. But it wasn't for me. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I have no segue. That's fine. <laughs> Our segues ended. <laughs> Darn. We made it pretty far. <laughs> we did. Um, so the third movie that showed up on mine takes place in France, but it's all English. Okay. Uh, so the next one showed up called Dead in France. Okay. And again. 
I was like, I'm not reading any synopsis anymore. I'm just going to hit play and we'll go. The opening scene to this movie Mm -hmm. was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Cause it's set up to be kind of, it reminded me of like, 90s spoof movies yeah where it's ridiculous i mean the opening is a guy falling off of the off of a cliff okay and every rock he hits on the way down <laughs> he curses nice. so there's like blood splatter and like fuck god damn it <laughs> shit <laughs> and i was i loved it i was like oh my god this movie's gonna be great <laughs> and then for the next hour and a half i was bored out of my goddamn mind oh <laughs> no like, this movie sucks. There's your segue. Yep. So, uh, oh yeah, there you go. Um, I shouldn't say I was bored necessarily. It, it was kind of boring, but the movie just sucked. Okay. Uh, I did not like it. And for that strong of an opening, yeah, I was really, really, really <laughs> bummed. So it's about this hitman who decides that he wants to retire in France. Okay. So he hires this housemaid. Who you can tell is supposed to be a joke because they set it up where you think she's actually a prostitute and then she's a maid. Okay. And he has her like clean and just an apron. Oh. And she dances and like gets to live in this house while he's out. Okay. I don't. <laughs> There's really no explanation for a lot of stuff in this yeah. movie. Um, but while he's trying to retire, he decides that it's a good idea to call up and visit fellow assassins and threaten them (laughs) because they allude to this job that was supposed to be his but these other assassins did it instead Mm. which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because if they both did it when they i don't know okay i quit trying to question it (laughs) um and then it's like then the housemaid her boyfriend i think was supposed to be satirical and super ridiculous where he thinks he's a gangster but he's Mm. just a idiot okay uh he tries to act like he's got some brass balls but he's an idiot (laughs) there's these uh two con men that are just stupid Mm -hmm. like i just (laughs) the movie sucked and when you meet the housemaid's boyfriend out of nowhere it's a uh fairly lengthy semi-graphic i shouldn't say graphic that makes it sound super bad but it (laughs) there's a montage of him and her just having sex everywhere in this house from inside to the pool okay just everywhere yeah there's a lot of like ridiculous humping going on you're like this this just doesn't seem like it (laughs) propels the story yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um and obviously everything collides and shit is supposed to hit the fan but it just kind of like this movie does what? And then it ended and I was like, all right, well, I guess I get to add that to my watch list of all the movies I've watched on. <laughs> Your never watch again list. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, it was funny. Cause when I looked up like production notes, mm-hmm. there's like none. Yeah. It's like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, yeah, that, that was, I was, I was getting real bummed out at this point because I was like two super duds, one fairly depressing mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, the sequel sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Call that the sophomore slump. Yep, yep. Well, my next movie I actually liked quite a bit. Well, that's good. I'm glad your list rocked. <laughs> <laughs> so my next movie is actually a TV movie. Oh. I I could I 
could tell while I watched it because it would fade to black where the commercials would be. Oh, okay. And then it would come where back. Where the music like crescendos yeah. and then cuts. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this was a TV movie in the 90s. So it's from 1990. It's my Jennifer Jason Lee movie. Okay. Uh, it's called Buried Alive. And it has sounds familiar. It has Jennifer Jason Lee who plays this wife. She's uh she's a wife and she's great in the character, but her character is a super big bitch. Um (laughs) she plays the wife of Tim Matheson. And he's very likable. He's a a contractor who moved home to this small town with her, like brought her with him, and uh he built the house that they're in and he's starting up like this construction business, trying to make it into a big business. Um, there's a guy who wants to buy his construction business from him for like one and a half million dollars. So he's getting fairly successful, but he's best friends with the sheriff of the town and, uh, they go like fishing and he tells him like, Oh, I really, I mean, I don't really like being behind a desk. I really wish I could get back to working with wood with my hands and actually get like create things. Um, so they do a good job, like establishing him, establishing his character, and then you you find out that Jennifer Jason Lee is, uh, and they they've also been trying to get pregnant for a year, um, is a big part of it, and uh, but you find out that she is having an affair naturally, uh, and she's having an affair with uh, William Atherton, who who you will recognize as the reporter from Die Hard. Oh, really? Yeah. That guy's a douche. Yeah. I mean, he plays douches. Not, he I don't does know play the douches. He plays douches and he plays a douche in this one where he's a doctor and they're like having an affair and she's talking to him about how she hates her life and hates her husband. And then he has these fish that are like very rare fish that he will dissect. And uh, I don't know exactly why he dissects them, but he dissects them and he knows that they have a gland that you can extract some venom from, which will kill a person super easily. Okay. And so... That's such an odd detail. (laughs) Well, she, they scheme together to actually do that. And she like squirts some in her husband's wine at dinner and uh, tries to kill him. She thinks that she does kill him. Uh, it's not a spoiler that he doesn't die because the movie is called Buried Alive. So <laughs> she, he, uh, he gets paralyzed by this venom, okay. obviously. And uh, it's very lucky for him because they kind of speed through the, the um, proceedings. So after he's found dead and declared dead, uh, she's like, I want it done super quick. I want... I don't want like a wake. I don't want a viewing. And so they were about to like drain him of his blood and fluids and everything and like in, fill him with embalming fluid right. and the whole nine yards. But it comes through that she doesn't want to wake. And so they're like, oh, we won't do that then. And so they don't, <laughs> they don't cut him at the last second and drain him. And then uh, she goes like super cheap on the casket. She's right. like, just give me like the shittiest thing you have lying around. <laughs> it's like this old pine casket. And so he doesn't have anything super difficult to break out of, so that's good. And then convenient. He, he gets extra lucky because it like rains on the night he's buried. So it's like this big, super huge rainstorm. It gets all muddy. He wakes up underground in the casket, buried alive, and uh, it's like starting to like leak in through the through the cracks in the right. wood. And so he like starts punching at the the um, casket and breaks it, and then the mud comes in. It's actually pretty well done. It's pretty, uh, in, like, accurate to, like, all the details of how difficult it would be to break out of this ground. They, like, they don't, like, skip over it. Yeah. Uh, it's all the mud starts seeping in, and he's, like, about to drown. I guess the only 
extra convenient part other than the ones I've already mentioned is when he breaks up and sticks his arm through the hole, he can eventually break up all the way through the surface Naturally. and his hand comes out, um, which means he was only buried like two feet deep and not six <laughs> feet. Um, so also convenient for him, but he ends up breaking his way out and because it's raining, there's lightning, he's crawling out of the ground, he's still somewhat paralyzed. It's very much like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, he moves kind of like a zombie he's but he's like a normal living person and uh ends up going back home and sees her and her like the guy she's the having lover. an affair with yeah the lover um they see he sees their them together ends up kind of like falling asleep in the basement and uh and then he, instead of the first thing i would do is go to your best friend who is the sheriff who right. who just explain I'm not actually dead and they tried to kill me. That's <laughs> the simplest way to solve this, solve this movie, but it doesn't do that. Instead, he ends up kind of to- um, toying with them, tormenting them. Uh, he learns some things um, that makes him actually kind of like hate her more than what she already did to him. And uh, so he ends up kind of trapping them both in the basement of the house and then... Uh, you, and then using all of his construction skills to over a couple of days put up plywood out of the like basement door and like build a maze throughout his entire house rearrange rearchitect his entire house right into this maze that they like walk through crawl through um it's pretty intense pretty cool and pretty scary and i think they do a good job of like establishing character establishing why he would do this how he can do this who she is, why she's doing this. So I think it does a really cool, interesting job. It's pretty thrillery. And uh, I mean, it, it borrows a little bit from the zombie theme, which is always nice. And then his sheriff friend is also kind of trying to like, he notices some weird stuff and is also kind of like on the case at the same time. So it, I liked it quite a bit, especially right. for a TV movie. I feel yeah. like if I saw this on TV in the nineties, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Well, mine, um, I, I really liked this next one. This was a great redeeming movie for me. Good. Um, it's a British remake of a movie called Cat People, which I have never seen. Okay. Uh, this one's called Cat Girl. Okay. It was made in 1957. It's like an independent British film company that remade mm. this classic horror or movie from the 1940s. Is it the original American? Or is the original also British? I don't know. Okay. I think it's American. Okay. But I don't know. Gotcha. I never saw it. Sure. Uh, anyways, for a movie made in 1957. Mm. Wow. They uh, they really called back to like the feeling, the tone, everything about the classic Universal Monster movies. Yeah. And I loved it to the okay. point where I was like, is this actually from 1957? I <laughs> I went pretty like, are we sure on the date on this? Yeah. But just the, that kind of callback was instantly appealing to me because I love the classic monsters. Yeah. Especially those movies. Mm-hmm. And this felt like it belonged right in that whole aspect. So That's it's about cool. this woman who is going back to her ancestral home reluctantly because she's kind of been... You get the sense that she's been trying to cut all ties to her family. Yeah. And her uncle's the only surviving one besides, she, besides her. Okay. Um, and her uncle is like, she's got to get here because I have to tell her about the family curse. Okay. And their curse is they can, it gets wonky. So they can be, 
they're like connected to leopards. Okay. And they can like project their spirit into a leopard and vice versa. It gets weird. And control it? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so her husband, it's her, her husband, and one of their other friends that are going to this house. And when they get into her home village, Mm -hmm. uh, there's this doctor that works there that she used to date. And her and this doctor, you know, the doctor's trying to, like, kind of slightly rekindle something. While at the same time, her husband and her friend are having an affair. Yeah. And uh, it's it's an odd movie, but the fact that it's such a great callback to those classic monster kind of flicks. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I enjoyed every second of this movie. It was so awesome. The set design was incredible. And it, it, it's kind of a cool story, honestly, like, for that era of horror yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was great it's a weird kind of take on like certain werewolf lore okay but instead of werewolves it's big cats yeah uh but it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it it's called cat girl yeah cat girl okay one word two words two okay this one's on uh amazon so it's on prime yeah oh which i guess i haven't said so is alex of venice don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> the Broken Circle Breakdown and Dead in France. Okay. All on Amazon. Don't watch that one either. <laughs> uh, yeah. The first four were all prime yeah. for me, which I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cat Girl was like, I loved it. It was so much fun. Great monster movie. It's unique. Yeah. It's, and that kind of callback. And it's done so well to the, yeah, like I said, to the point where I'm like, <laughs> I think they misprinted the date. (laughs) There's no way this was done in 57. That's awesome. But it was. Okay. So very much enjoyed that one. That it was nice to watch that one. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. We talked about in the monster movie episode, we're both big universal monster fans. Yeah. And so I'll have to check that out. Yeah. This one fits right in that kind of style, which just, it made me so happy. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, so my next movie is a a very interesting kind of weird one. Uh, my next movie is from 1999. It's called Heater, like like a heater that heats your house. Right, <laughs> like a, a heater. Uh, it's called Heater. It's a fairly interesting movie about uh, characters you don't really see often. So it's about okay. these two homeless guys. It's about one homeless guy, and he is. Um, trying to get enough money to stay at this place. Uh, it, it might be a houseway, ha- halfway house. It's this room he's renting from just these people. He's trying to get enough money to like stay there more. And uh, he meets this other homeless guy, and this guy's carrying around a heater in a box that he has a receipt for that he's trying to sell to people to make some money. Um, and he has a lot of issues with his feet. His feet are like... Um, it's really cold. It's winter out, and uh, I don't know if that's. I think it's. I don't know what the issue is with his feet, but it, it looks gross, and it looks <laughs> like it hurts, and he seems to be in pain. It looks like it sucks. Um, the reason I say it's interesting about something that you don't see a lot about is you don't really see movies with homeless people as central characters, right? And I liked it that I thought that it did in, an interesting thing where it kind of showed, in reasonable honesty, how homelessness is and how the parts that suck and also uh for some people it's not 
they're not in it for a reason that they can control like they a lot of a lot of people who are homeless have mental health issues and they they obviously can't control that part and then there are other people who are homeless who could control it but are just making bad decisions for themselves or not or not breaking bad behaviors and um, just continuing to be uh, in a terrible situation that they could get out of if they really wanted to and it's, I think that it does a good job of showing both sides and showing why it sucks. And also, once you get into it, how hard it is to kind of get out. But having said that, most of the movie is very boring. Not much really happens. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, into I, was, it. I was expecting you to be like, this movie was really, really good. No, I was into it for a while. I thought that it was interesting. And then the longer it went on, I realized that not, not much was happening and it wasn't really going anywhere. And it didn't have that much of a message overall. Um, so the two guys team up and try to, instead of sell this heater, they, the one guy who's trying to get a room, he realizes, or he, I guess has had a job before at this department store. And he's like, we could just return this and get cash for it. Cause you have a receipt. And, uh, so they'd go and do that. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's great. Let's go do that. So they go and try to do that. Um, the store, instead of hassling them, which you would expect, they actually do it. And they're like, okay, it's returned. Um, wow, you're bad at drinking. Two for you, two spills for you, one for me. I guess that's what I get for giving this much shit. <laughs> I don't even know how that one. Maybe happened. this can is weird. This can sucks. <laughs> uh, so they actually they take the return, but then the lady's like, "Okay, so that's just gonna go on the account from the the card that bought it." And the guy's like, "Oh wait, what? What? No, you can't do that." Because uh, we didn't buy it. I, we, right. we don't know where it came from. I assume that he found it or stole it or something. Um, but somebody else bought it initially. And uh, so it, the return is applied to their account. So he's, trying, he's like, can we just get st- like cash? Yeah. And uh, she's like, no. And so now they don't have the heater. They don't have anything. And uh, and then they, they like end up stealing the heater back. And then there's a run-in with the cops. And the cops chase them. And... I mean, it seems like stuff happens, but not really anything happens. There's no final, like, oh, moment. Um, <laughs> so overall, somewhat boring. Not entirely. It was fine. It was yeah. medium. Okay. I was looking it up while you were talking, and there's, like, nothing on this movie. Yeah. But... It, it seems rather independent. There was uh, I gotta bring it back up. Because I... Spilled on myself. I don't even know how I spilled that time. It was like on your shoulder. Like, like I drank and it came out the side of my mouth. Yeah, it was like next to your head. It wasn't down. It was to the side. Doesn't make any sense. But uh, there's like there's one user review from 2004. Okay. And this person said it was one of the best Canadian movies ever. Uh, Nine out of ten. It would make sense it was Canadian. Okay. I could see it being one of the best Canadian movies ever if Canada has only ever made about five movies. Right. Which might be true. I don't know any other Canadian movies. So sorry, Canada. Sorry, Canada. (laughs) I'm just ripping on you. I love you, Canada. (laughs) It's beautiful. You guys are great. (laughs) But yeah, I I could see it being Canadian because it is is cold and wintry. I really like the idea of that story. Yeah. But yeah. Look at there's like no photos from like any movie stills. It's just the movie poster over and over and over again. Okay. It's like yeah. oh, this is odd. Yeah, it was a little odd. Um, well, speaking of a little odd, okay, and that's putting this one mildly. <laughs> oh boy. But now I've heard this kind of turned out to be a nice 
pleasant surprise for me. Yeah. Because this is a movie that I meant to watch like two or three years ago. Okay. Just never got around to it. And then it showed up on my uh, random 10. I was like, well, all right. Now I have yeah. to watch this movie. Never seen this. Um, You may have heard of it. Okay. It's called Sorry to Bother You. You may have even seen the cover I, or the I poster. Can, I can picture the cover. So it's Lakeith. Isn't it recently came out? 2018. Doesn't have Danny Glover in it? Yeah. Yeah. He's like a very minor character, okay. but he is. And it has the guy. It's Lakeith from... uh, just lost his name. <laughs> I do know the movie you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, he has the white like bandage wrapped around his head yep. on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Stanfield. Lakeith yeah. Stanfield. So this movie, he plays this guy. It's like an alternate universe in Oakland. And he plays this guy. There's this whole company called Worry Free. It's this giant conglomerate where they provide housing, meals, mm-hmm. and a job. Okay. But you live there, you work there, and you just do everything for this company. Yeah. Um. Well, he plays this guy who gets hired on to a telemarketing company. And he like has to learn how to become a great telemarketer. Yeah. And they do a couple really cool things. So... For the most part, I enjoyed this. What I didn't enjoy is it ends up being super preachy on okay. a couple things that I was like, if you didn't get super preachy, this movie would be great. Yeah. But I still love the imagination for the story. So a couple things they do, uh, whenever he makes a call while yeah. he's telemarketing, mm-hmm. he like gets transported to the recipient's home or okay. wherever they're at. Yeah. So he's still sitting at his desk and he'll just show up at their place. Mm-hmm. And try to talk to him. And he gets hung up on the first, like, four or five calls he tries to make. Yeah. And then Danny Glover is a guy who also works at this place. Okay. And he tells him, like, well, you got to use your white voice. <laughs> and that's where it's probably my favorite joke of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Danny Glover's explained to him, like, you got to use your white voice. You got to sound like you just don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, you got to make it sound where as soon as you hang up the call, you're going to give the finger to the job and go get in your Lamborghini and drive off. Okay. And they have other actors mm-hmm. who provide the voices for the quote unquote white voices. So David cross does oh, the no voice way. for Lakeith's character, nice. which is hilarious. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I can't remember who does Danny Glover's, but that becomes like, that was my favorite joke. Yeah. And then, uh, he's trying to become what's called a power caller in this movie okay. where he gets promoted. Hmm. And he gets to sell, like, the big stuff. Yeah, more commission or something. Right. And that's where it becomes super political. So the movie is very, 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 very anti-capitalist. Okay. Very anti-big corporations. Okay. And very pro-union. It's super preachy on all of these things. Okay. Whatever side. I don't care what side people go on. Uh, I was watching a movie for the entertainment value. It's still very entertaining. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. super preachy, and that's what kind of like, oh, yeah, kind of bummed me out that it got that point. But well, it can take you out of it if it makes it like, I mean, you're watching, especially with something that's very fantasy, kind of where he's like yeah. being transported and doing different voices. It all of a sudden is like, oh no, all of a sudden we're in the real world now, and you want me to be very real? Yeah, so it does that, and I'm not gonna, t- I, I won't spoil this, but the movie does throw in mm-hmm. something. That's just like, I don't think I've ever seen a more random and literal metaphor almost okay. <laughs> get tossed into a movie. 
I won't even tell you it. I don't want to spoil it <laughs> yeah. for people that go watch it. But yeah, I want to see it. Uh, definitely watch it. The imagination of this, like, I really want to see more from this guy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to bring up the director real quick. Yeah. So it was directed by Boots Riley. Okay. And written by. So written by and directed by. Okay. Uh, he hasn't done a whole lot. He's only directed three things or two things, and one of them was. Something I've never even heard of. It's a short film. Okay. It's one minute long. <laughs> oh, nice. That is a short film. Yeah, so he's very unknown. Um, for being so unknown and this being his first like big project, Yeah, I want to see more from this guy. So even though it got super preachy, I want to watch more of this because his imagination in it was yeah. awesome. Okay. Absolutely awesome. Uh, Army Hammer is also in this movie. Nice. He plays a very stereotypical boss yeah <laughs> he's like coked out of his skull every scene he's in oh, okay. and uh power hungry yeah um but yeah it was very entertaining mm-hmm. although it gets preachy mm-hmm. whatever it's still entertaining it's worth a watch okay it really is yeah i really like lakeith stanfield um ever since i saw him on atlanta yeah and i'm interested to see him in judas and the black messiah as well yeah but yeah i like him he uh don't i will say if you're going to watch Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Stay away from reading any production note. Okay. Stay away from the IMDb page because when I was watching it, mm-hmm. there were a couple not, no spoiler warnings yeah. on a couple notes not that I was like, sp- oh, fuck, you just gave away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I hate spoilers, yeah. especially with movies I've never seen and right. I'm excited to watch. So that kind of bummed me out. But yeah, don't look too much into it. Just go watch it. In terms of odd movies. This one is up there. Okay. But the imagination was a lot of fun. And the white voicing is just so great. Yeah. Yeah, I really like <laughs> movies with with an interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, even, uh, it's, even if they're not executed that well. If it's a new, different idea, I like that. And it is 100% a great idea. Um, it also has Tessa Thompson in it, okay. who a lot of people would know from like Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. In the MCU. Yeah. Um, I think it's Lily James plays her white voice, which is hilarious. James? She played uh, the live version of Cinderella. Oh. Um, okay. Suddenly, I can't think of anything else she's done, but she's been around for a while. Her. I can picture her in the Cinderella thing. But it, it's hilarious seeing Tessa Thompson <laughs> talk with that voice because they all do like the lip syncing. Yeah. But right. it's these other actors and it's just you can tell that aspect of the script everyone was having the most fun with yeah that's cool i like that a lot um my next movie is my documentary Ooh, what'd you learn about uh i learned about how i learned about a lot of things this is actually a really good documentary so it's called looking for mr miyagi i've heard of this have you really uh so it's a documentary on amazon it's stylistically like supersize me where this guy is so written and directed obviously by david libin he is a guy who is a he was in his 40s and i think he's a film student at at cu boulder actually oh wow or maybe cu denver but he goes and talks to a bunch of people at cu boulder so he was in his 40s like 40 46 47 and he decided that he was going to try to get his black belt in karate by the time he was 50. Oh, okay. Oh, that sounds right up your alley, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for people that don't know in real life, I uh, 
I've been very slowly building up a hashtag called jacked by 40. Yep. And so I'm going to be jacked by the time I'm 40. That's my goal. Um, but yeah, this, so it did speak to me on that level. I mean, it, I think that there's a lot of things that people can take away from this. So he, as a guy in his forties, he was, uh, I mean, he has a family, he has kids, he has a good job, but he was kind of depressed and he, um, was not feeling fulfilled. There was yeah. a lot of things missing from his life. And so he, and obviously when you're in that state, you're not as good of a dad, you're not as good of a husband. And, and so he realized that he needed to do something about it. Went to therapy, talked to um, a lady like one time and she's like, what's the time you were the most fulfilled? And he's like, well, when I was younger and I was in karate and I was like kind of feeling successful and doing something for me. And so he like left and signed up for her karate and didn't go to therapy ever again. That was all he <laughs> needed it to do. And uh, he kind of learned or realized that um, he needed to do this. And it does a really interesting job of most of the movie is just following him for several years as he's going through this and trying to achieve his black belt. And uh, it, they kind of show the progression of time because every hour that he spends training, he'll put a stone in a jar. Oh, and okay. his goal is to like see how many jars full of stones it'll be before he gets his black belt. And uh, he, he has his own uh, dojo that he goes to and his own sensei. And uh, obviously he talks about the crowded kid a little bit and how inspirational that was. <laughs> Hence the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's just like a small part of it. And uh, he's specifically... Uh, trying to achieve it in Shotokan karate, okay. which I guess is a specific style. Um, but he interviews a, a lot of different karate instructors, mostly from the I mean Northern Colorado area, which is interesting, uh, where we are. And um, and so he meets with them, kind of talks to them about karate, or the benefits of karate, talks about like how it's benefiting him, and you can kind of see over time how he's having this pursuit, having something to do. He's a better father. He's a better husband, even though I think it does a good job of showing the sacrifices also where he has to go to class, like at least once a right. week or whatever. And so he has to leave his wife with the kids and it might be a bad day. The kids may be like high energy acting up screaming. And uh, so she is honest about being uh, times where she would rather he stayed home or, um, but still being supportive, not asking him to stay home, but just being honest about this is not easy. And he appreciates her and she like she is seeing the benefits also. So it's, it's mutual, but tough like life is. Right. And uh, and it's really interesting. And then as he's progressing and getting better and getting higher belts and stuff, um, he's realizes like he's kind of limited by his own body. Like he's just going to karate is not enough. And so he goes to like see Boulder and talks to physical therapists and um, they kind of measure his physical abilities. Right. And realize that he's like, I mean, he's late forties and he's overweight and not terribly overweight. He's just kind of like middle. Um, but he is to the point where he, uh, he can't, he can bench more than he can squat, which shouldn't really happen. Um, and so they kind of, they take a like initial measurements of everything, like how well he can breathe while running, his endurance and all that stuff, and then measure him throughout the course of the movie a couple of times. And you see his improvement over time, and he can lift more, he can do more, and so that's really exciting, and that helps him with his karate. Yeah. And then his uh, his coach, his physical therapist coach, is into MMA, and uh, so they do. Probably my favorite part of the movie is they like he 
cheats on karate and goes to an <laughs> MMA class <laughs> just to see what it's like, just to see how it's different. And uh, and then he has he cuts in some interviews with karate instructors talking about mixed martial arts and how popular it is and kind of how different it is and what they don't like about it, how mm-hmm. they feel like it's not an art and why karate is better. And then he cuts in like a conversation, the MMA instructors talking about the things that people dog on MMA for and why MMA is actually good and why, <laughs> why they like it, kind of defending it. And uh, I thought that was interesting to see both sides. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there, there are benefits to both, but the benefits are very different. And his needs, his interests certainly lie more in karate. He benefits more from um, just the structure and the demonstration and the performance and the progression through belts and all that stuff. Um, not really much in the needing to fight, needing, <laughs> right. needing to defend yourself and uh, be real. So it's it was a really, really good documentary. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was well cut and it was interesting i thought he was interesting as like a host yeah it was it was really good and inspirational and i think i see a lot of what he described and what he experienced in in all people uh especially all people who are getting into 40s and 50s right but especially in men i think that there's a certain thing that men need a, a goal to strive for and achieve more than i mean it seems like family isn't enough always like you need something and career isn't enough always you need something that's personal that's yours that you can improve on and achieve and it's different for everybody but i do think that a lot of people seem to feel more fulfilled and less likely to have like a midlife crisis and right try to throw their whole world if out you're of actually working towards something yeah yeah and so it, it was good to kind of to see that see it happen and see it benefit I liked it quite a bit. Cool. Yeah, I had heard about it, but I never saw it. Yeah. But now that I know what it's about, I'm very intrigued on that. Yeah. Might have to check that one out. My next one was a South Korean film, Uh which if you've been listening to us, you know, like Mm -hmm. I have enjoyed Mm -hmm. some South Korean films, especially from one filmmaker. This is not one of his. Yeah. It's just same country. Yeah. Um, But this one was like, it was odd. Because it, it starts off with some humorous parts, and then it goes very dark, very fast. Okay. <laughs> so it's called Bluebeard. Okay. Um, it's about this doctor who does colonoscopies on patients. Okay. And the humorous part is while they're out, some of the patients have a tendency to just start babbling while they're like under oh, the sedative. Unconscious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And some of it's kind of funny. There's like... There's a lady that's talking about her first time doing anal, which is so fucking weird. An awkward situation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, see why she'd be reminded of. Yeah, because and he just keeps feeding the tube or the camera. (laughs) (laughs) So at first I was like, oh, is this going to be like kind of a gross comedy? Yeah. And then one of the patients is this old guy who, while under the sedative, starts to graphically mm-hmm. confessed to dismembering a woman's body. Oh my. And how he like got rid of it. Yeah. And this old man happens to be the father of this doctor's landlord. Oh. And the landlord owns this butcher shop that's like mm-hmm. just below this doctor's apartment. Okay. <laughs> so it's he starts getting like all freaked out. Yeah. You know, he's questioning is my landlord a serial killer? Um 
he also is divorced from his wife, but has a son, a young son. Mm-hmm. So he's like always stressed about that. Yeah. He's super exhausted. He drinks all the time. He stays at the office. Mm. They're one of the nurses that works at the clinic. She's got a crush on the doctor, but he's trying to maintain some form of professionalism. Yeah. And then the, like he, on top of the confession that he overhears, he also finds something in the butcher shop. It's a bag with some hair sticking out of it. So <laughs> it looks like a head. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil anything. This is definitely one. If you're a fan of serial killer movies, yeah, I would recommend this to you because it's a pretty fun movie. What's it called again? Bluebeard. Bluebeard. There's a handful of movies called Bluebeard. Okay. So you need to look for the Bluebeard, the movie Bluebeard made in 2017. Uh, the cover is okay. a guy sitting in front of, it looks like, a computer. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. A beast exists within us all. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. I really enjoyed this. It does get caught up towards the final act, and you could tell the people that wrote it got caught up in, should we put twist endings in it or not? Okay. And so there's a lot of... It kind of unravels a little bit towards the end, which was slightly disappointing. Yeah. Because you could tell they were trying to pump in a whole bunch of aha moment stuff. Okay, yeah. um, Which was all completely unnecessary. (laughs) But the movie itself, in general, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like great, but it was very entertaining, especially if you like that kind of genre. Yeah. It's a a pretty decent thriller. And there's just something about, like, that culture. Yeah. That adds to oh for sure the storyline that, that just gives it a little extra oomph because we're so used to it in like american thriller movies yeah we pretty much know <laughs> the gist mm-hmm. with that kind of culture you're very like is this normal yeah. am i not this is kind of interesting <laughs> this is odd yeah there isn't i do see a lot of like oddities or weird things that are added makes it more interesting yeah and and None of the little details that are in it would be odd for, yeah, like South Korea. One that just blew me away is every time they have like codes to get into their apartments, mm-hmm. and that weirded me out. <laughs> and then obviously they no shoes are allowed right. in the living space, mm-hmm. so their shoes get taken off, and that will always be like I would <laughs> fail over yeah. there so bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but it was just it's. I really enjoyed it, even with the super stumbly mm-hmm. conclusion of the movie. Okay, uh, definitely worth a watch. Yeah. It's a couple hours long. It feel it doesn't feel like it drags too long. It's just it constantly has you being like, "This doctor should get the fuck out of there." Like <laughs> yeah. this is, <laughs> yeah. And the landlord starts acting real questionable too. So there's a lot of moving pieces in yeah. it that just make it sketch fun. Yeah. So I would I've really enjoyed this one. It was nice getting. A few in a row that I was like, mm-hmm. all right, now <laughs> we're feeling like the kind of movies I want to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my next movie is one that I liked quite a bit as well. Um, it was a drama, straight drama, Ooh. and also foreign. All right. So this is the, I believe, Israeli movie. Oh, okay. From 2009 called Jaffa. Are you sure that's what it's called? Or are you just mispronouncing? I'm pretty sure because they say the word Jaffa in the movie. Oh, okay. That's fair. Jaffa is a city. That's the name of a city. And uh, the city where they live, actually. 
I guess I could have looked if it was in Israel. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, <laughs> and it was an official selection at Cannes Film Festival. So there's at least some level of quality you need to achieve in order to do that, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, not a total dumpster fire out of the gate. So that's good. It's about this family. <laughs> it's about this family that runs like a car repair garage. And this dad owns it. And he has a son who works there and is but also kind of sick of it not really into it and then his daughter also works there she kind of helps him run the office i mean does most running the office he does like mechanic stuff and then their mom also lives with them but doesn't work at the garage and then there's another guy who works at the garage with them he's a palestinian guy and uh he's like a hard worker and the brother is kind of he doesn't really like this other guy because he's the brother's like slacking off, feeling entitled about his family business, and this other Palestinian guy is uh, like a hard worker. His dad kind of favors him because he's working hard, and the brother's like, "You should like me more." And he's like, "Well, you, you would get paid more if you you would get paid as much as he does if you actually worked as hard as he does." That right. kind of thing. And then you find out pretty early on that uh, this Palestinian guy. Uh, is having a secret romance with the daughter. Okay. And so they're like a couple, apparently it's been going on for like a while, a couple years maybe, and uh, you find out she's pregnant also, and so they want to run away and get married, and uh, but the it kind of gets thrown off the rails when the brother and the boyfriend, fiancé, have like a tussle and they start fighting in the garage, like it kind of like gets heated. The dad gets pushed down a couple of times, and then the the lover, the fiance, pushes the brother. He cracks his head. Everybody goes to the hospital. Brother dies. Right. She like schedules an abortion. She's oh shit. The 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 boy the boyfriend the like lover goes to jail. Like gets charged with man, gets charged it with gets manslaughter. Dark quick. Yeah. <laughs> like shit starts kicking off. He gets charged with manslaughter. That she like starts to cut ties. She's like admits that she was pregnant eventually cancels her abortion appointment and ends up having the baby but she tells her parents that it was an affair with a married guy okay and so and tells the fiance in jail that uh she had the abortion oh and so okay. kind of cuts ties with him like so he doesn't come looking for her later um so the rest that's like halfway through the movie the rest of the movie she's like a single mom uh learning to raise this like daughter the boyfriend never really totally leaves the picture. There's still like a romance there. It's a really good, really interesting movie for someone who doesn't really like dramas. Right. I really liked it. All right. Um, yeah, it was it was a good movie, and yeah, interesting and intense. Very well acted. Obviously, all of the drama parts were adequately dramatic. Nice, nice. It was beautiful. I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're not one to like. <laughs> I mean, you like drama, but it yeah. it's not your go to or yeah. one that you actively. I don't have fun watching. Yeah, really. well, it doesn't help that a lot of dramas tend to not be necessarily <laughs> like feel good. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, usually finish a drama just kind of feeling Ugh. Right. <laughs> right. And I mean, I watch movies. I like movies that are. They don't have to be fun, but I do like movies that are more bigger ideas. Something I wouldn't see in real life. Right. Because I want, not an escape so much, but I, I want something I wouldn't normally see in this magical world on the screen. And if I'm watching something that is just a shitty situation with shitty people, 
I'm like, you can see that down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I watching this? Well, shockingly, (laughs) that is a great segue into this next movie that popped up for me. In what way? Uh, Something you don't see in the real world. At no point is anything in this movie Mm -hmm. the real world. Nice. (laughs) Um, So this movie is from Japan. Okay. Um, It's nuts. This movie (laughs) is nuts. It's called Bleach, which as I I had no clue. Yeah. Uh, This movie is a live action adaptation of a manga series and an anime series. Okay. Now for someone... I don't watch anime. Yeah. There's like a couple that I've watched with my daughter and that's where it ends for me. Yeah. Um, not my genre. <laughs> right. Teach their own. Right. But this movie was a fucking blast. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's over the top. It's got funny moments in it. It's got some pretty cool sequences in it. So it's about this high schooler who can see the dead. Okay. And he comes across this girl who she's a soul reaper. So she like sends good souls to Mm. the soul world. Yeah. It's not heaven. It's just like, I forget what they call it where they go. Yeah. And then there's these monsters Mm. who are like tainted evil souls that have mutated into creatures. I forget what they're called. Yeah. Uh, that she hunts and kills. Dude, that sounds cool. And, dude, the creature designs <laughs> yeah. are fucking badass. Okay. They're huge. They're insane. Yeah. Um, and he, like, because he can see the dead already, mm-hmm. he can see the soul reaper. And she's like, you're not supposed to be able to see me. Mm-hmm. And then she realizes, like, oh, these monsters are coming to kill you because they want to absorb your power. Yeah. Uh, because you're not just a human, apparently. Yeah. And, uh... She gives him her powers, mm-hmm. but she gives him too much of her power. Oh. So he becomes what she calls a substitute reaper, okay. which was the only thing I was like, ooh, that's a bad name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a bad name. Yeah. And uh, he's like reluctant about it. And he, he plays kind of the bumbling idiot who's being tossed into this whole yeah. fantastic world. Um, and then these other two reapers are hunting both him and her down because she's not supposed it goes against reaper code apparently to give your mm. powers to a human. Okay. It's a nuts movie. It's all over the map, but it was very entertaining. Yeah. Very fun. I love the creature designs. I'm sure a lot of people will be like, you should watch the series or read the mangas. Yeah. I can't guarantee I'll do that. <laughs> um, but this one, I I thoroughly enjoyed this one. When I found out that it was based on anime, I, I'm, I'll be honest. I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> Oh, you found it out before. But then, like, as a, well, I I pulled it up. Yeah. And it was, like, immediately. Yeah. I mean, when I typed it into Netflix, because that's where it is, mm-hmm. there was, like, the live action, and it's surrounded by the anime series. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, this is going <laughs> to suck. And then I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was okay. so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah. It does do one thing, though. And it's not a spoiler. Don't worry. Uh, that I hate when movies do this. Yeah. It doesn't have an ending. Yeah. Because you can tell that they were like leaving it open for part two. Oh, sure. But I mean, there's no talk or at least that I've, I was all over the production notes. There's not even mention of anything sequel. Yeah. And I hate it when movies are preemptive on the like, we'll be super open ended. Yeah. 
And then there's never a... <laughs> yeah, you'd rather have one full movie and then build a series from there. Yeah, I kind of wish it would have been like a two and a half hour movie, maybe even push the three hour mark, honestly. Oh, okay. Just to really show him developing and like yeah. really seeing this whole other world. Interesting. Um, that's really my only criticism of it. Other than that, if you want something that's just like ridiculous, yeah. it's fun, it's weird, this movie's it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That I think really you cool. would really dig it. He gets a pretty badass sword in it. Bleach. I love badass swords. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my next movie is the first horror movie on my list. First. Um, that implies there are more. That's true. Basically. Oh. Kind of. <laughs> I'm not sure. Ish. We'll see. <laughs> wow, that like devolved really fast, Jake. Well, I mean... <laughs> I feel like they're horror, but maybe they're more closely tied by supernaturalness. We'll see how it goes. So this movie, first of all, figuring out what movie this was and finding this movie was a little confusing. I went through a whole ordeal to figure out what, where it was and what it was and how it came to be. So to start out, my movie is called The Ouija Possession from 2016. There are the Ouija, the Ouija, Ouija, Ouija possession, and uh, there are about a million different movies about Ouija or Ouija stuff. Ouija, like Ouija board. Yeah. Well, it ends in an A, though. I know, but it's pronounced Ouija. Okay, so it's the Ouija possession. Hey, listeners, give Jake so much shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I know that a Ouija board is that because everybody's said that my entire life, but I've never actually seen the word. Um, no, I don't think so. Huh. The there, if you look at like IMDb, there are a million movies with Ouija in the title. At first, I thought this was like part of a series. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's not. And then I was extremely... The part I was extremely confused about is that I was looking at this movie, and then there's another movie that came out a year before it called Jonah Lives. And that movie, sound, the synopsis sounded exactly like the movie that I had just watched. Okay. And so I was like digging into it and digging into it. Apparently, so Jonah Lives was made and came out. Then the very next year, they rebranded it with a new title, released the exact same movie again. Oh my God, really? Called it The Ouija Possession. And uh, so there you go. So there are two different IMDb pages for the same movie, <laughs> just under different titles. And that's why it was very confusing. That's fair. The IMDb trivia also says in the end, and the end credits say also that the budget was less than 150 pounds. So I found it on IMDb. <laughs> it has a 1.9 rating. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that part. It's not a great, not a great movie at all. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> but for a movie that had a budget of 150 pounds, that part is pretty impressive. If that's true, uh, it seemed like it should have cost more. Everybody involved must have volunteered their time and effort because <laughs> no one got paid nobody on got one. paid apparently so it's about starting out i think i thought that it might not be that bad so it seems pretty solid cinematography lighting acting sound is all pretty good um but it kind of goes downhill pretty fast and ultimately <laughs> is very below average it's a bad horror movie to watch if you want a bad horror movie to watch with like your friends then when you don't really care what you're watching, it might be good for that because it is ridiculous, I guess, or standard in a lot of ways. Kind of, I mean, that's opposite thing, standard and ridiculous. But 
<laughs> it is also both of those things. So, so I guess first from a character perspective, everybody in the movie is an asshole. <laughs> and everybody in the movie hates everybody else in the movie. Like it follows these friends. It's mostly about this group of friends. I think there's six of them. And you have no idea why these people are friends because there's no moment when they're like really liking each other, joking around with each other. Every time that they are mad at each other or fighting with each other or giving each other a hard time, but not in a placeful way, in a mean way, I don't understand why they would be friends. Also, these kids are hanging out and then they end up going in the basement and hanging out in the basement and upstairs in the house in the living room are the adults and the adults are having a party. Also, several of the adults are assholes and not really sure why they're friends with each other. So all the characters are just weird. One of the biggest disconnects for me is the sound. The sound in this movie, there are a lot of sound editing quirks and the sound will like drop or be muted at certain points. Okay. And then come back. Um, The Foley is over the top. There are a lot of times, (laughs) there are very distracting times when... The Foley is very aggressive, so someone will be like just walking in a hallway or or moving something organic, and all the sounds are very like sounds that I would make with my mouth, like very squishy, very weird, very forced. It's just this sounds like the kind of movie that you open up like a six pack with, yeah, sit down with a couple friends and do like a mystery science theater style viewing, yeah. I could totally see that. It is one of those just like a bad horror movie. I mean, the way you're describing it, I'm feeling the urge to seek this movie out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Um, And then all of the dialogue between all the characters is so forced and unnatural. So these friends, they're trying to like hang out and they don't really want to. I mean, they have all this forced dialogue in order to progress the plot. And someone goes and gets a Ouija board and pulls it out. And so they all get together and start moving it around and uh, end up talking to somebody named Jonah. And apparently his wife killed him. And so they like try to summon him and bring him back. And spoiler alert, he does get brought back. He ends up <laughs> rising out of his grave, coming to find them in the basement, starts killing all of them. And then uh, you they find out when they're using the Ouija board that he, he died because his wife killed him and took all his money right and uh and then you find out through the course of the movie that the his wife is one of the ladies upstairs at the party and uh she's like bragging about how her husband's dead and she's rich and all this stuff very obvious very over the top um there were several parts where like when once the action starts the editing is very weird and i don't really you can't it's hard to tell what's going on it's hard to tell if someone is hurt and how they're hurt right it's there's a lot of uh i don't know it's just kind of hard to tell what's going on all the time so it it's it's a weird ass movie well looking it up one of the first screenshots yeah is making me laugh pretty hard <laughs> that's just that looks yeah. to me like yes yeah it looks so bad <laughs> there is, i mean there is an in, one interesting thing that happens that i feel like they could have done more with but i thought it was set up well um but overall, yeah, just a just a bad horror movie. I think 1.9 is about right. It, just looking at the IMDb page is funny alone by yeah. itself. Uh, I like that for quotes. Apparently, it's a nine-year-old girl in Francis's room. Okay. So this girl isn't yeah. even... She has no name. So yeah, I believe it's his sister 
who is just upstairs in the house away from the adult party watching TV. Okay. But her quote is, the Holy Bible? What kind of book is this? That's the first quote they show on the page. Yeah, the, when, the, when the brother <laughs> goes upstairs to get the Ouija board, for some reason he turns off the TV and he hands her a Bible to read. And he says, this is like the most interesting book. It has everything you could ever need to learn in it. And she's like, does it have sex? I already know about sex. I don't need to learn about that. And he's like, no, it has like life stuff. <laughs> and Yeah. <laughs> odd it is an odd flick (laughs) (laughs) uh well the next one i watched comes from ireland nice yeah it's an irish independent film uh i don't know if the story itself was a true story or if they just used the event that the movie is around Mm -hmm. i I don't know i know the event actually did happen okay uh, but the story i think was fabricated but they never really tell you sure uh so this is it takes place in 2007 it's called The Young Offenders. It was made in 2016, but it takes yeah. place in 2007. Yeah. Uh, and it takes place just after the biggest cocaine seizure mm. in Ir- in, over in Ireland. Okay. So these two teenagers, one is a bike thief, and the other one just kind of wants to be exactly like his friend. Yeah. They're irresponsible. They're morons. <laughs> They're pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they get it in their mind, their mind, like mindset to bike across Ireland to find one of the lost uh, satchels of cocaine. Okay. Because it's worth mm-hmm. seven million uh, euros or whatever the yeah. Yeah, euros. Yeah. And so they do. <laughs> <laughs> they trek. They get on their bicycles and they trek. Uh, it's a pretty funny movie, actually. Okay. It, it's actually very enjoyable. It's funny. It's got some pretty genuine moments like uh, the younger friend, his mom is not much older than him Mm. because she had him when she was a a young teenager. Yeah. And she's trying to like, she owns and runs uh, a fish market and he works there with her, but she's always disappointed because he's constantly trying to be like his dumbass friend. Right. She hates the dumbass friend. (laughs) And they're upbringing. I mean, the the friend, his dad. As the movie progresses and you start learning more, you actually end up sympathizing yeah. with the the friend who's the bike thief because his dad is an alcoholic. He's abusive. Okay. Uh, so you kind of sympathize with him from that point. You're like, oh, I get it. I get why you do why you do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but he like, there's this whole subplot where they frame this other guy in their town mm-hmm. for stealing and they make a face mask okay that is this other guy's face and so the bike thief wears it and they call him fake billy (laughs) and he rides around this area stealing bicycles nice and just for it's obvious that it's for comedic effect right uh there is a cop a bicycle cop who ignores all other crime just in pursuit of finding and taking down fake Billy. Nice. <laughs> That's his whole. And he's like, he chases them across Ireland on his bicycle. The cop. Is the <laughs> the cop yeah. That's funny. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It was really entertaining. Yeah. I guess they made a TV show or the movie was made based on the TV show. I can't remember which one came out first, but okay. really entertaining. It was funny. It, it's got some fun, like, kind of heartfelt moments uh yeah definitely in the vein of like guy Ritchie style humor i was about not to in his 
film style, but that yeah. humor. Yeah. So it's very abrasive. Okay. Uh, would be offensive to average audiences, possibly Normal just people. with some of the dialogue. Yeah. But uh, no, it was it was a very pleasant surprise, and I was like, this this one's just fun. Okay. They they're so dumb. Yeah. They make such stupid decisions, and you're constantly reminded that they're like. 15 and 16 <laughs> yeah. or uh i think one's 15 one's 17 okay and they're just they're stupid teenage boys yeah <laughs> but kids being kids yeah so the young offenders it, it was i i really enjoyed it. it it was a good one to watch that sounds awesome yeah so my next movie is a holiday movie Ooh, christmasy movie um and it's a netflix movie direct to netflix I feel like it's basically a holiday lifetime movie with a Netflix budget. Oh, oh. It's very much one of those like, this is romantic. This is geared towards a certain demographic of women. And uh, it's around the holidays. Yeah. But it also, it does have a Netflix budget. And it has um, Rob Lowe and Kristen Davis in it. And, I mean, they're charismatic and nice and fun. So, the gist is, Kristen Davis is, um, what? Why are you making a weird I know face? what movie you're talking about. I mean, you probably saw it scrolling through Netflix a couple months ago. I'm sure that they pushed it pretty hard. Kristen Davis is, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a little cliche at times, but the characters are charming enough. Um, so, Kristen Davis is married. They're very well off, rich in New York City. And they have a son, she and her husband have a son, and they're about to go to, the son's about to go to college. And uh, she booked them a trip to Africa for their second honeymoon to celebrate being empty nesters together. And uh, as soon, literally as soon as her son closes the door to leave for college, her husband turns around and he's like, we're done. We're getting a divorce. <laughs> he he wheels out bags that he's already packed. He's oh he's like, I'm leaving, and we're not happy. We haven't been happy for a long time. And so she's kind of standing there shocked, and he leaves. So she has to decide what to do. She ends up deciding to go on their second honeymoon to Africa anyway by herself. And the whole movie is basically her finding herself basically it's like a eat pray love thing i did scroll past this one <laughs> <laughs> and uh i like her character a lot more than i like the pray love uh character she she's and different from your movie where it seems like she should learn a lesson or grow or whatever um she she does end up finding herself and she ends up growing and ident- like figuring out what she wants to do so she when she gets to africa she uh meets rob Lowe. he's, he's in africa handsome Rob Lowe. and uh he's her bush pilot who's going to take her to the uh where she's actually going to be staying and uh during the flight they fly over and they see uh he makes an un uh, like a pit stop because he sees that there's a elephant who has been poached and is dead and it's very sad and there's a baby elephant that's still there and uh so they go over to try to like help it and they lay the baby down and uh he actually, when he's not a bush pilot, he works at an elephant reserve. Luckily. Oh, okay. And so he calls his uh, friends, compatriots. They bring out trucks. They load the baby elephant up, and 
He's like, okay, now we can go to your hotel. And instead of getting on the plane, she's like, no, I'm going to go with the baby elephant. Um, because she used to be a veterinarian. Oh, okay. She used to be a veterinarian, uh, kind of stopped practicing, didn't have to because her husband was rich. And so that was also how she kind of lost her identity also. Um, so she goes with the baby elephant, ends up kind of falling in love with the reserve, um, taking care of it. It bonds with her, all the other elephants, and everybody's very friendly. And uh, she ends up, instead of going back to New York after a couple of weeks, cancels her flight, calls her son, and she's like, I'm going to stay here for the next few months. I don't know when I'm coming home. And uh, so she stays in Africa, has Christmas in Africa, eventually does go back to New York City, um, finds a job as a veterinarian, uh, finds herself. like she, So she has a cute <laughs> romance with Rob Lowe, kind of, they're like, there's chemistry, there's right. sparks, but nothing ever really happens. Uh, I think the kiss, maybe, I don't remember. But he's also kind of a little damaged he uh his wife died 15 years ago and he is never really like he's lonely but not really like pursuing anything yeah even though he likes her a lot he doesn't want to like push it and uh because he knows she needs to find herself and uh so they like have a cute thing but she ends up leaving and going home and he continues his life working at the reserve and then uh her she takes care of all of her son's issues her son kind of like figures out what he wants to do she's very supportive of him and then after she finds herself she goes back to africa the music swells they run to each other's arms they kiss it's beautiful it's very romantic (laughs) uh spoiler alert by the way well you started the whole thing off with it's a lifetime movie (laughs) yeah but with a netflix budget so i feel like that's not a spoiler because you know yeah yeah so she'll get her life together yeah she'll go back yeah and they'll be in love it was cute it was basic it was fine nothing special nice yeah Uh, and i was looking at the director and writers of it and they seemed to write and direct basically these sorts of things oh okay (laughs) almost entirely Hey, if it makes the money. Yeah, it must. Well, unlike that one, my next movie was not cute. (laughs) It was not fun. Nice. It was stupid. Oh, no. And it made me realize that I'm not actually a big fan of this actor. Oh, interesting. All right. I think it's confirmed. (laughs) I like a few of his movies, Uh but I'm not a big fan. Okay. Um, So mine... Next one, which this was a big bummer because I was coming off of a pretty good streak streak of like, all right. Yeah. And then uh, this movie called Breathless made in 1983 with Richard Gere. Oh, okay. Showed up on my list. Yeah. And oh my God. (laughs) So I start watching this movie. Yeah. And I'm pulling up production notes. And like one of the first production notes that I see on it is Quentin Tarantino says this is one of the coolest movies. The first photo that comes up. Yeah. There's a sex scene in it. Uh, there's odd, timed <laughs> sex scenes. In okay. the, it's it's like, it's supposed to be kind of an erotic uh, action comedy something. It only has moderate sex and nudity, according to IMDb. According to that, but there's like, there's full frontal nudity okay. on both actors oh. a few times. All right. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, that took me off guard. Yeah. So you said at the beginning, like, you didn't see any penises this time around <laughs> while Richard Gere was putting his on full display. Nice. Um, Good for him. Sure. <laughs> so when I saw Tarantino's quote saying, like, he thought this was one of the coolest movies, yeah. I was like, well, that should be great. And then I got immediately annoyed with Richard Gere's character. Okay. So it felt very forced. 
where he's obsessed with Jerry Lee Lewis. So he carries Mm. around a Jerry Lee Lewis cassette tape with him. He steals a car, drives to LA to be with the woman that he loves. Okay. Um, And on his way, he shoots and kills a cop. Mm. This sounds like a bad guy. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Okay. He's a criminal. Yeah. So he's, he boosts cars. So he steals cars and sells them. Okay. And then, so the way he gets caught by the cop, he's driving, speeding through the highway, and he passes a truck on the shoulder. Okay. And the cop sees him do this, so the cop chases him down, and he's like, ah, oh, fuck, Ugh! but he's still singing and trying to play piano yeah. on the dashboard to Jerry Lee Lewis, <laughs> and then he crashes the car, he finds a gun, mm. and I'm still not quite sure what they were going for on this sequence, but somehow he fires the gun from the inside of the car, and it kills the cop from behind the car. Oh, wow. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes to L.A. and doesn't really try to hide. Mm. He's out in the open. He steals cars on, like, the middle of the day in front of people. Yeah. I can't count the number of illegal U-turns he makes just right in the middle of the (laughs) highway or in the middle of the streets. Yeah. He doesn't try to hide, but then he's constantly looking at the papers and for updates on the manhunt for him. Yeah. Yeah, it just... It was so dumb. I hated every moment of this movie. Yeah. It was so stupid. Richard Gere irritated the shit out of me. Yeah. And then when the girl shows up, she's like kind of aloof. She's like, oh, I missed you and I love you, but I'm trying to be smart. Here are my boobies. Suck on them. (laughs) And he does. And it's very like, whoa. (laughs) Like... Didn't see that coming. That uh, well, right. And then yeah, the screenshot that you saw, yeah, that ends up, and you're like, the fuck, am I watching? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like going around L.A. There's these two cops that do end up kind of getting on his trail. Okay. And they're the two worst played cops I've seen in a movie in a long time. They're crazy abusive to everyone, like of their power. Yeah. And to other people. Okay. So they're just like, we do whatever we want because we're cops. Yeah. That's their whole character development right there. Yeah. And you're like, you guys are dumb. I don't like you. (laughs) I don't like anyone in this movie. It makes you like the criminal more because the authority is bad. Right. Except the criminal is super annoying. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was about halfway through this movie. I was like. I don't think I'm a Richard Gere fan. Yeah. Like, I like a few of his movies, and I started trying to tell myself, like, no, you've watched his movies for years. And I'm like, well, I enjoy Pretty Woman. Uh Uh-huh. I enjoyed The Jackal. Yeah. And and Primal Fear. I like him. Uh, I think I like him more in Runaway Bride than I do Pretty Woman. See? No. I I think that he's... (laughs) I don't know. There's. I I like that character maybe a little more. Yeah, I didn't like Runaway Bride all that much. What about Mothman Prophecy? Oh, Mothman's all right. It's all right. It's all right. But, uh, I mean, the actual, like, Mothman lore is really cool. And the actual story of what that movie is based on is really cool. Yeah. We don't need to go on that. But, yeah, it was (laughs) like, wow, with the exception of, like, four movies. Yeah. I don't like this guy. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, it just, it felt so, like... This movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad at this movie when it ended. <laughs> well, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, I uh, it was dumb. And all the weird like sex stuff that's in it. I Honestly, this felt like a movie where... So the actress, uh-huh. it turns out the first couple movies in her career from France, because she's a French actress, okay, uh, were softcore porn movies. Yeah. 
So to cast her in this, yeah. I read the quote where Richard Gere, they only cast her because Richard Gere said, like, I want to have sex with her. <laughs> so they casted her. Yeah. Find, the, so find someone who will be naked a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you and not can, be expensive for being You naked. get the sense that they only cast her and made this movie just so that this director could get off at mm-hmm. directing sex scenes and nudity yeah. scenes. It was... I. It was so stupid. I hated this movie. Well, I wish my movies were in a different order because my last movie would have been a good segue for that. Oh, okay. But before we get to that, I have a, another movie that I want to talk about. And I think it might be my favorite on my list. Oh, okay. And it's kind of weird because in our last Random 10 episode, the last movie on my list was a movie called Bugged. Yep. Which you asked if it was Bug. Yeah. And you said you'd seen Bug and Bug is Weird. Was With that, Ashley Judd? Was that Bug from 1975? No. Oh. No, the Bug one that I watched, it's with Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon. Okay. Well, and that movie's fucked up. There's another and movie. Weird. The movie that I'm about to talk about is directed by a guy who made another movie called Bug in 1975. Okay. He directed Bug and Jaws 2 and Supergirl 1984 and lots of TV. But my movie that I'm talking about now that came up is called Enigma. From 1982. If you search IMDb for Enigma, it's really hard to get this to come up. You have to like scroll down a lot. Um, I don't know why. It's not even on the list. You have to scroll past things that are not called Enigma in order to find it. It, But there's a 1982 movie called Enigma. You might be better to easier to find it if you go to either Martin Sheen or Sam Neill. So Martin Sheen is like the main character. Uh, he's young, obviously. This was made three years after Apocalypse Now was made. And then Sam Neill is also very young in it. It's really cool. It's a really it's like a spy thriller, basically. Okay. And uh, it's about... Martin Sheen is a... Uh, it's set in, like, East Germany during the, uh, during the Soviet communist Cold War era. And uh, Martin Sheen is recruited by the CIA to try to steal a circuit board from a um, computer in the like Soviet-controlled parts of Germany. And it's uh, basically an Enigma machine. It will help you, it'll decode their messages. And so if the Americans can get their hands on one, then they can interpret uh, the messages they've been intercepting from the Soviets. And so they have found out that there's a plot by the Russians to kill five different people around the world who are people who have left uh, or escaped communist Russia and uh, are defected or whatever. And so they want to kill all five of them on Christmas Day. And the CIA comes to Martin Sheen like beginning of December. And they're like, you need to get this circuit board from them and uh, to save these people's lives. And you have like less than a month to do it. And uh, I'm not sure... Hmm. um, like what Martin Sheen's background is exactly, like his character's background is, but he's really good at like spy craft, okay. trade craft. Um, he's like the invisible man. He'll like put on like disguises and just get in and out of sticky situations very well. Um, and the the thriller parts are really well done in this movie where he needs to sneak into East Germany. He needs to make contacts with old um, friends, get a safe house and like, try to find there are like several different options where these enigma machines are that he can steal one and there's a lot of like just tension and 
there's a lot the coldness and the, the I mean the communist East German parts are really scary because people are getting like snatched out of the streets and people are getting arrested and there are sirens and people are just getting arrested all the time for different things and and you see like the the community kind of like ignoring it not wanting to make like make any trouble and uh, it's just it's a weird interesting part of history yeah um and i think it's really interesting the way it's shot is very interesting also there's like clever use of mirrors several different times where it reminds me of kind of like maybe older like 50s movies also that are uh, that i can think of but it's it's really interesting um like two-thirds of the way through the movie something happens and what you've been focusing on all of a sudden you're like maybe i don't want this to happen now oh okay and uh and it's just a really interesting cool story i liked it quite a bit and sam neil's really good sam neil is uh he's the like this young soviet um kgb guy who's who knows about Martin Sheen is trying okay. to find him and so it's like a cat and mouse game between the two of them uh, it's really pretty interesting nice I like thrillers like that yeah well we made it to number 10 <laughs> yeah uh, so in this movie when I hit this the spin and this popped up I started laughing pretty hard <laughs> okay uh, because you well I'm not even so destination wedding <laughs> That's amazing. He showed up as my 10th one. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, Jake just talked about this movie. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I really wanted to see that. Yeah. Never got around to so it. So I promise <laughs> I did the Netflix roulette thing yeah. on, I think, I forget the name of the app. Like Real Good or something? Yeah, yeah. So I promise <laughs> I did that. I believe you. Destination yeah. Wedding showed up. <laughs> And I've been waiting for all week to be like, I watched Destination <laughs> Wedding. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, this was my favorite movie out of the random yeah, 10. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. I thought it was hilarious from the <laughs> get-go. Yeah. Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder are fucking great together. Yeah, they are. They're so funny. The banter between them and how uh-huh. they play off of each other. <laughs> I was telling one of my friends about it and was like, it felt like it should have been a comedy written by Shakespeare just with how, like, Keanu Reeves talks yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And their their banter just felt very yeah. almost Shakespearean. Yeah, he does, I guess, use phrases that are not normal phrases. And the way that he yeah. bites back at her or they degrade each other. It's very charming but clever. And it's just... <laughs> It, it, it was a really good movie. Everything you had said about it was spot on. Okay, good. Um, I loved that they are the only two with speaking roles. Yeah. I mean, you hear like some chatter behind them sometimes, yeah. but they're it. Yeah, I like when they leave the table to go say hi to this one family <laughs> member and the, the camera stays at the table and you like see them go up. They just expla- exchange pleasantries, <laughs> right. come back and they're like, oh, that was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I loved the bit, like, I knew I was going to love it mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie when <laughs> the he terminal. walks at the terminal and he takes a step away from her and she calls him out on it. <laughs> yeah. As soon as that kicked in, I was like, oh, I'm going to love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think I felt the same way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was... It was so funny, and it was so well done, and it was really weird, mm-hmm. and you were spot on with this. 
for a movie where it focuses solely on two very cynical characters yeah who complain about like mm-hmm. most things yeah including each other <laughs> including each other there's like a real sweetness to this movie that's so hard to explain but yeah. you realize you're feeling that yeah a little over halfway where you're like um yeah this is this is a sweet movie. Like yeah. there's some heart in this movie. And you're like, but they're complaining about everything. Yeah. Yeah. You it's... can just see them kind of growing old together. As this <laughs> Awkward, cynical couple. The whole, I, I actually really like that. They never explain why. Yeah. But Keanu Reeves does this weird, like throat clearing <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's the most obnoxious sound. <laughs> Yeah. And she never even asks him mm-hmm. why. <laughs> she just like immediately accepts it. Yeah. And they move on. Yeah. Yeah. I love that they just decide to love each other in spite of their, the things that they she, are annoyed by. In the hotel room when they've like accidentally slash on purpose fallen asleep together. Yeah. I'm a sucker for like sleep slapstick humor. Yeah. And this movie <laughs> delivers it so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I loved it. You were right. And I was so pl- like super happy that it showed up on my random 10 because I was already going to seek it out. Right. And then it popped up and that made life easier. But yeah, great movie. It was my favorite out of the 10. That's really fantastic. Was. I'm so glad we not only talked about it so recently, but also that you liked it and that i was right yeah that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) okay uh so my last movie is a much better segue to the one with the the director who wants to put nudity in their movies just because um so this movie starts out and i thought it was going to be pretty cool uh my movie is again weird because it has two different titles you'll find it by looking for obsidian hearts when it came up in the roulette, it was called Demon Hunter. Okay. And then I was looking for it, and I couldn't find it. And then I found finally found Obsidian Hearts, which original title was Demon Hunter. Um, so Obsidian Hearts from 2012. Uh, it is written and directed by this guy who, uh, looking at his filmography, and he seems to make all the same kinds of movies, which are fantasy slash supernatural movies mostly horror or action horror um with like heavy makeup on the villains the makeup on like the demons is kind of like buffy the vampire slayer kind of uh, yeah that 90s forehead makeup yeah Yeah. um but all of those movies kind of seem to have that and all of those movies um all have cheesy acting and cheesy effects and a hearty helping of naked chicks in it (laughs) so when i first started watching it um oh he also pumps out like two or three movies a year that he's written and directed good lord and all the ones i clicked on which was like half a dozen all have a lot of the same actors and same actresses in it so yeah he's got a little machine going um it's very kind of interesting and weird but the opening of this movie was pretty exciting the action is interesting so uh there's a guy who is um his name is Klaus. He's like a German guy. He doesn't speak a lot in the movie, but he is being hunted by these like mercenaries. And then you find out he has a partner. There's this girl. Her name is Colette, uh, Cosette. 
and he's like her protector and -hmm. you find out that she is haunted or cursed rather she's cursed with this affliction that attracts demons to her so like demons and any just sort of evil evil people evil spirits will just be drawn to her and so she and him are working together he's kind of trying to protect her he has a backstory where he apparently died at one point and went to hell and then when he came back to life back to earth he um he never really believed in like hell or anything yeah. but after he died and saw hell and like had to like i guess maybe do battle down there or something he came back to earth and decided he was going to be a monk and so he like took a vow of chastity and um and he like is like taking all of his like steps to become a monk okay and uh, so he's kind of like religious and he doesn't want to like get with Cosette and uh and uh she likes him but he doesn't want to and so they're teaming up to try to find these like relics so at the very beginning they have killed a demon and these mercenaries are coming after them and uh they she pulls out this like relic out of this demon's body and so they need to find two more there needs to be three of them or something and uh in order to like actually don't know <laughs> actually don't, i'm about to explain something but i don't know why they did it so i don't know the, why they did this but after they get the relic uh, they need to do some sort of ceremony and she pulls out this like holy oil which is like this black holy oil it's not like normal holy oil i don't know why um partly the reason is um she's a white girl and so she unbuttons her blouse all the way down but you you don't see any boobs oh and so i thought at first this was going to be a tease movie you know those movies that are like really sexy for like teenagers but they they really don't show anything they're just teasing them i thought it was gonna be like that because she undoes her blouse all the way down and then puts the whole oil in a cross on her chest oh uh, like on her sternum and then the like demons show up and she has to run away and there's the strongest double-sided tape i've ever seen holding her shirt from showing her boobs um, (laughs) because they don't want to give it away too early um so she runs away and all this stuff happens but then shortly after that you end up at a strip club there are lots of boobs there um and then this evil guy lures this prostitute down to the basement where this other demon is staying and he's like old and he needs blood um and uh, they lure her down there and she has the weirdest nastiest fake boobs i've ever seen i i don't know it looked like something was wrong it looked like there was like a like growths like like it was weird that's not good no Anyway, they drink her blood. She uh, heals the demon guy. And then um, they end up like, teaming up with this priest person and uh, going to a hospital and going to this... It ends up in this like wild west town. And she sees like ghosts of the old cowboys and they find another relic. And it turns out there was like a, a rich... All these mercenaries were coming from the super rich... Um, guy who's trying to get all the relics for power he was trying to do it because he mm-hmm. thought he could control the demons if he got them and uh something like that i'm pretty sure so it's basically a <laughs> a b horror movie where the b stands for boobs and uh it's that yeah it's that weird what year did it get made 
2012. Oh, wow. Yeah. So fairly... I mean, that's not that long ago. Yeah. There are a couple funny scenes. It's pretty good at knowing what it is and being that, I guess. What is it called again? Overall, it looks cheap. It's treated very cheaply. Um, Called Obsidian Hearts from 2012. Yeah, it's basically a Skinamax action movie. (laughs) 2.2! Better than that other one. (laughs) I mean, the fighting, the action was decently shot, decently choreographed. Yeah. Um... There, he does shoot does shoot some people. There's some cool like pink mist headshots that happen. Uh, fist fighting is pretty decent. There are no trivia like oh, really? post production. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised that uh, probably not a lot of people have seen it. <laughs> Nor should they. Why would you? Well, I'm glad my ten ended on a better note than yours. Yeah, yeah. My number nine was my good one. I should have stopped while I was ahead, but <laughs> but that's not the name get of the to game. Ten. Yep. So if you had to put yours in an, like... Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we do that with the last one? Did we? I don't remember. I think we said our favorites. Oh, maybe. I not. know Bugged was my favorite. Enigma was definitely my favorite. Second favorite would be probably Jaffa. Okay. Just because it was... Yeah, I would say Jaffa. Then Looking for Mr. Miyagi is number three. And then Father's Day number four. And then the rest were kind of not great. <laughs> I guess Holiday in the Wild, just for being decently executed, would be number five. <laughs> <laughs> As a movie, not good, but at least they knew how to make a movie. Right. Yeah, I'd say, uh, obviously, Destination Wedding was my favorite. Then it'd probably have to be Bleach, just because it was so fun. Yeah, that one sounds and cool. And wild. Yeah. Uh, Bluebeard and then Catgirl. Yeah. Those are all the ones I took notes to get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually enjoyed the Young Offenders more than I did. Sorry to bother you. Okay. Just I, I don't know. There's just something about listening to two Irish teenagers berate each other while yeah. thinking that they're really smart and awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but don't watch Breathless with Richard Gere because it <laughs> sucks. It is not the coolest movie of all time. It's stupid. <laughs> don't bother trying to watch Dead in France. I'm sure you can find just the opening scene on yeah. like YouTube, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex and Venice. I forgot what other one I watched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just. Oh yeah, I guess I I did like Buried Alive more than I liked Holiday in Africa. What the fuck was that movie called? <laughs> Holiday in Holiday with Elephants. What was it called? <laughs> Holiday. I thought it was something wild. Holiday in the Wild. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> The Same fuck thing. was that movie called? <laughs> Holiday with Elephants. Uh, no, I did like uh, Buried Alive. That one was, I would put that at number five yeah, instead. Yeah. You know, these randoms, <laughs> although we get some like real duds, yeah. it is fun doing them. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> the spinning the wheel part at the beginning is the most fun. <laughs> and then finding a, a couple of movies that I actually really like is also really fun. Yeah. And I the- also like dumping on shitty movies. So it's all right. pretty fun. And this one, man, I'm telling you, as soon as Destination Wedding came up. Yeah. Because, like, right after we finished recording mm-hmm. uh, the Valentine's romance Day. one. Yeah, the Valentine's Day one. Yeah. Was when I started hitting the spin when I got home that night, and it popped up. So I've been waiting since we <laughs> recorded that episode to be like, yeah, Destination Wedding! Yeah, you texted me. You're like, I have the funniest story that I'm going <laughs> to tell you, but I can't tell you what it is. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. 
So that's it. That was our random 10 part two. We'll come up with a better title than that. Yeah, we'll have a funny sequel title for sure. It's between two at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Movie Boners. Yep. Send us a voicemail if you want to ask us a question or if you just want to suggest a movie, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. want to hear from you. And then you can go to MovieBoners.com, I guess, is the only other thing. Did you mention all the social? I yeah, just now. I oh, said, I quit listening on, to you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> Did we do the sponsor thing at the beginning? Thank you, Wandering Lions, for the beer. God damn it. Uh, check them out. Yeah, so the beer segment is sponsored by Wandering Lions Studios. <laughs> they are an awesome independent studio in uh, Michigan. And uh, go to wanderinglionstudios.biz, and they have a lot of cool things. If you have video production you need done, uh, if you want your script reviewed, script reviews. Uh, they do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of other stuff than just make movies, so go check them out. And I'm hoping this is the second time I've said that, but it might be the first. I think it's the first. <laughs> I think we forgot. I think we got caught up in the beer being more juice. Yeah. And then we just moved on. We might have. Yeah. So, sorry, Wandering Lion. But, we are sorry. Uh, uh, thank you. Also, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for thank listening. Thank you, guys. <laughs> See you next time.